This is an Ion Annapolis bonus podcast. Hey, well, February is a month that makes your heart flutter, they tell me, but in a good way. And But it's also National Heart Health Month, which may be designed to make sure that your physical heart keeps ticking so your emotional one can flutter at the end. And uh, joining us today is Dr. John Martin, who is a vascular surgeon with the University of Maryland. And he is here to talk about Heart Health Month and his Dare to Care initiative with the Heart Health Foundation. Welcome. How are you, Dr. Martin? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you very much, John. Well, you know what? Before we got on the phone, I um, went to the internet because the internet says nothing but the truth. And, <laughs> and, and, and we all know that. And it says that heart disease is the leading cause of death in the United States. And last year, 696,962 died. Now, I'm, I'm not going to fact check you on that specific number, but is, is that true? Is that like that kind of a huge number? Yeah, it is. Uh, John, for the, for the last actually centuries, heart disease has been the leading cause of death. And now not only in the, in the state of Maryland, in the United States, but now across the world, infectious disease used to play a bigger role in the developing world, but heart disease has caught up and taken over. So it is far and away the leading cause of death everywhere on this planet. Well, I'll tell you some of the other, the, the number two, three, and four really sort of stunned me that cancer, which I thought would be a little bit more prevalent. I maybe that's just my naivety, but is it six? 602,000 COVID, which we all certainly know about after if we've been alive for the last three years, is only 350,000. And accidents, uh, unintentional injuries, so that's the car accidents and everything else, is only 200,955. 200, so heart disease and just far outpaces pretty much everything, doesn't it? It does. And, and I think that's kind of gotten lost a little bit with all of what has gone on around the world. Now, it's understandable the prominence that COVID has played um, and the efforts that have been made are pretty substantial uh, to try to, to curb that. But I think what's been lost in the mix is that people are still dying far and away more frequently from cardiovascular disease. And, and maybe what's most troublesome for us uh, in the field is that we actually know how to... <laughs> address this issue we know how to prevent it and it's pretty simple stuff um and what we're trying to do through the work of this foundation and, and obviously many others across the world is to refocus people's attention on what the major health risks that are out there uh, for them so that they can pay attention and do things themselves well we are we are talking about heart health month which is february which is an appropriate month to have i must say and what when did this start i mean i, I get sick of all the hallmark holidays it's you know okay it's cheeseburger day you know, it's National Cheeseburger <laughs> Day and stuff. Um, but certainly we have, you know, I know we have Breast Cancer Awareness Month in October, and there's uh, several others throughout the year, and Heart Health Month is certainly one that ties in with February. How did that all start, do you know? Well, I think, uh, you know, it was a realization, and it's a many of the major uh, national organizations, the American Heart Association being kind of the principal driver, if you will, have really kind of drawn the attention of the, of the world to this issue. And I think February was an appropriate month considering all the tie-ins to uh, uh, to Valentine's Day and others, I, I can't tell you specifically because I wasn't sitting in the room when they picked this month, but I'm glad that they did because it's, the, it's a good time of year, actually right after New Year's to refocus our attentions and kind of set things right for the year going forward. And I think the tie-in to Valentine's Day and what that represents, um, I think is a really good one. Well, it does. I mean, you don't, you know, you certainly want, wouldn't want to leave any loved ones for something that can be managed heart disease uh, i mean obviously it's it's serious but it you know with 
proper screening and everything else, it can be it can be treated. Um, now you have you have started the Heart Health Foundation, and this is I, I say started. This was a long time ago, and that is the parent nonprofit, if you will, of a program that you've developed called Dare to Care, right? Yeah, and this program was kind of developed out of you know my, if you will, my day to day job as a as a vascular surgeon. I was called into the emergency room one night and to see a patient that had a ruptured aneurysm. That's a, a bulge in the artery in the abdomen, and the patient unfortunately passed away. And before I left the emergency room, I saw a patient that had a devastating stroke from a blockage in the artery in their neck in the carotid artery. And if that wasn't bad enough, uh, a patient then came in uh, in cardiac arrest, and I assisted with CPR and. On the drive home, I was literally just disgusted. I said, I'm just so tired of being on the back end of the disease. I wanted to do something different. And so literally came in the next day and said, we're going to kind of change the course here. We're going to move from being reactive to proactive. And I started the screening program, Dare to Care. And the care standing for carotid artery disease, aortic aneurysms, renal artery disease, which is a huge driver of hypertension, and extremity artery disease, or PAD. And our goal was to use simple vascular screening to pull people into the healthcare care system, identify those that are at elevated risk, and then encourage them to, through their primary care physicians to get on, on secondary prevention measures, which are very simple, an aspirin and a statin, and then pay attention to those big risk factors for cardiac disease. What is involved with screening? It's a pretty simple process, remarkably. Uh, we have people call into our number, they sign up online, and we screen anybody 60 and older anybody 50 and older with vascular risk factors of hypertension, diabetes, high cholesterol, smoking, or a strong family history, and anybody 40 and over with diabetes because that's such a prominent accelerator of vascular disease. Then they fill out a risk questionnaire about which different conditions they have, get their blood pressure taken, and then they have a simple ultrasound of their neck, their abdominal aorta, and then the blood flow measured in their legs. And then we use that information to risk stratify them and make recommendations back to their primary care doctors. And we offer this service for free. Oh, my word. Really? Okay. And so, and this would be go to hearthealthymaryland.com or .org? Yes, hearthealthymaryland.com. And uh, that's where you can get information on the screening that we're doing. We're doing a very big initiative of a number of different events in February, uh, what we've seen as a result of COVID is a dramatic spike in cardiovascular mortality, as if it wasn't bad enough before. Uh, it's gotten significantly worse with people kind of taking their eyes off the ball, if you will. And so we're having a massive um, a campaign around getting people to refocus on their greatest risk. And some of that is screening. And there are a number of other events throughout the state um, and throughout the region to bring people's attention to their greatest health risk. Well, I'll tell you, well, I'm going to talk about that in just a bit, but I'm, I'm a little bit fascinated with this. I mean, you're offering this this free screening that you can go to hearthealthymaryland.com. Uh, how frequently do people need to be screened? And you talked about people with the certain risks. I mean, obviously, we talked age is a, is a risk factor. And I mean, what? who should get screened? Yeah, so age obviously is a big one. Everybody 60 and older, um, anybody 50 and older with high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol, or a smoking history, or if you have a strong family history of heart disease. And then we obviously take it down another decade with people with diabetes. And so they can go online, uh, see that number, call the office, and they should get screened. If you're screened um, and you're normal, you probably don't need to have it done again, and that's our recommendation for at least five years. If you have disease detected, which we actually find in this group about 48% of the time, what we do is recommend that you see your primary care physician or cardiologist, which physicians you go to, and they will begin to order 
uh, formal testing on intervals, usually if the disease is very mild, every one to two to three years following the initial screening. What helps your heart get healthy? So there are, I mean, obviously there's some medications and stuff like that that you can take, but I mean, is there any, uh, you know, simple things that we can do to make sure that our heart remains healthy or gets healthier if it's not feeling too well? Yeah, I think the biggest thing, and it'll come across as kind of common sense stuff, but sometimes common sense is the best sense. And that is obviously try to achieve at least a reasonable weight. You don't want to be uh, obese or morbidly overweight because that actually is associated with a greater risk of diabetes. You want to have a heart-healthy diet. You don't have to just eat fruits and vegetables, but you want to be reasonable in that approach. And you want to get regular exercise, um, you know, at least three times a week. Um, And those are the kind of simple things. And then obviously the most simple one of all is don't smoke, don't vape, uh, don't do any of those tobacco products because that is extremely unhealthy for your heart. That is for sure. My mother was a a diehard smoker. At one point she was up to four packs a day and it was, uh, um, yeah, no, it was from, from waking up in the morning until going to bed at night. And uh, I've got pictures of me when it's an infant with a glass of scotch in one hand, a cigarette in the other hand, and I was sort of cradled in, in the nook. Uh, That's a picture that you could keep in your mind for a while. I tell you, it was a, it was a different time. And I mean, I, we're living yeah. in a great time where we know about all of these things. I mean, I'm, I'm still amazed at the response to COVID-19 and to be able to get a vaccine out there and get it somewhat managed within that period of time. I mean, it sort of also blows my mind that we haven't been able to figure out the same thing for cancer and heart disease, but that's, you know. You know, you're so right in this, John, because it's it, this is what strikes me so much. And if you, one of the other things I often talk about is if you look back and it, it's becoming quite historical for many, but in 9-11, 3,000 people died that day as a result of, you know, terrible tragedy committed upon our country. And there were tremendous security measures that have been instituted since. We all know that going through an airport. Um, whole host of things changed that day. Well, 3,000 people died that day of cardiovascular disease and every single day since. Yet you haven't seen that same kind of response to the public or emphasis on on that. And then you look at the same thing with COVID. We had widespread you know attention paid to that. Yet we don't see that same level of attention to cardiovascular disease when we know very simple things can reduce your risk of having a heart attack and stroke and how devastating those things can be uh, to, to you and your family. Well, you know, as, as I get older, I, I'm a little bit more in tune to it. I mean, I do try to exercise. I do try to eat as healthy as possible, absent those wings I had last night, but that's okay. Um, and, you know, it was funny. I went on a bike ride one time, and as it turned, I, you know, the next day I came back, I felt like this, uh, you know, pain in my chest. And I called my doctor, and I was like, hey, I, you know, and he's like, yeah, come on in, take a look. We'll take a look. And he's like, oh, you got a pinched nerve. And I'm like, I've never felt anything like that. It just sort of you know, in my back and it came up into the chest. And I, I, I immediately thought it was, you know, use a Fred Sanford turn. It was the big one. You know, <laughs> you're dating yourself there, John. <laughs> I, I, well, I absolutely, but, but, but I was, I was really, you know, a little bit upset about that going like, okay, let's, and, and he's like, I'm sure it's a pinched nerve. I'm like, well, put, hook me up to the machine and let's, let's let the machine second guess you. <laughs> and, and he did to appease me, um, which was good. But I mean, you know, you do, uh, you know, you talk about it, and when I called in, they said, oh, does it, you know, the stupid questions, do you, does it feel like an elephant sitting on your chest? Um, I'm like, well, I don't know what that feels like. That's a, that's, <laughs> I've never had an elephant on my chest before. Yeah, uh, you know, is, is it the pain radiating out? And I'm like, well, I'm not quite sure what radiating means in, in terms of pain. 
Um, so, I mean, how does, is there a physical something or other that people can say, hey, you know, maybe I, I should get this checked out or get screened or see my primary care physician? Well, I think the difficulty with, with uh, heart disease and coronary artery disease, that first of all, the vast majority of the people, until something bad happens, have no idea they have it. That, that is the first and big problem. And so the concern that you have was legitimate concern. And the other interesting thing is when you look at women, for instance, they don't have typical symptoms quite often. They don't have, you know, Jumbo the elephant sitting on their chest. They have very different symptoms. Uh, sometimes it's jaw pain. Sometimes it's arm pain. It can be incredibly atypical. And so that level of concern you have was reasonable. I think the best advice I can give to people is have an appropriate level of concern that know what your risk is. Do you have high blood pressure? Do you have diabetes, high cholesterol? Uh, did, did you smoke? Do you have a family history of this? Um, are you of the appropriate age? And if you have symptoms, get it checked out. I think you did exactly the right thing. You know, I, you know, I, I, I never want to second guess any physicians out there, but a low index of suspicion in a patient that has an appropriate risk, it's good to make sure that there's something bad not going on because if you miss it, it can be a mistake that's fatal. Well, that, that, that's it. I mean, it's not, uh, yeah, okay, I'm a Mr. Bunyan in my foot or something like that, that I'm going to be limping around for a couple of days, that it could turn around and be, um, you know, it, it could be fatal. It could be, you know, the end, which is tough. All right, I, I, I need to ask, don't yell at your dog. Don't yell at your dog. I need to know, what kind of dog is it? <laughs> well, uh, this is a, is a Morky, and we are huge supporters of the SPCA here, and so this is a rescue, and there is a whole host of rescues uh, uh, in the Fantastic. What's his name? Or her name? Uh, that, that was Lexus, was doing the part. Lexus uh, likes to be included in Zoom meetings, um, as well as his uh, brothers and sisters around the house. Um, but, I, you know, I, I love the concept of pets because it's one of the events that we're actually doing because owning a pet actually reduces your chances of having a heart attack. And if you own a pet uh, and have a heart attack, your chances of survival are better. So we're, we're big advocates of that in Heart Health Month. Right. Well, let's talk about some of these events. You've got Dare to Care. Okay, we've got Heart Health Month coming up on February, starting February 1st through the 28th. So it's a short month, folks. Um, but you've got screenings that are statewide. You've got a concert benefit. You've got something to benefit the SBCA and, and, and more. Let's, you've got a screening at the Senate and the State Senate and the State House buildings on the 1st of February, kicking it right off, right? Yes, we are. And, and our goal there is actually get the political leadership to, to be aware of what we're actually doing and to be supportive so that they can pass it on to their constituents. So we want them to see firsthand exactly what we're doing. So we start there at the State House. That evening, we'll, we'll have a kind of an opening event at the new skating center at the, uh, at the Annapolis Town Center. So we'll skate into heart health and emphasize the importance of exercise. Then on the 4th is our statewide screening day where we have sites all around the state set up where screening is done there on one big effort across the state to bring awareness to this. Then on the 11th is a benefit concert at Ramshead with a band called Foreplay. This is their 11th year actually supporting the foundation. And so that's at point. So you can go to Ramshead to get tickets. There's still a few at Beth. A really interesting day is the 12th, and we have area churches around the state who we've asked to actually have a sermon about heart health and faith. Uh, and it's a really important place. We look to our church and our faith for guidance, and, and one of the things is that there are many passages within the Bible um, and Proverbs that talk about the importance of, of your health, and we think that that's a great environment to try to drive that awareness. 
Then on the 19th is a special event with the STCA, the Hearts and Hounds Mall Walk, where you can bring your pets and walk through the mall. And we have a number of different partners that will be there, the Anne Arundel County Fire Department, to talk about hands-only CPR. Uh, we have the Health Department to share important resources that are available to people. There'll be good animal companies with, with stuff to support for your animal health. So that's a fun event through the mall, and we appreciate Westfield in supporting this. And then on the 22nd, a really important event that's going to be at the Anne Arundel Community College. We're going to talk about heart disease in communities of color. As bad as heart disease is, what's even worse is the fact that there's a really big gap between both detection care and outcomes in communities of color. If you have a heart attack and, and you're black, for instance, your chances of survival are significantly less. Your chances of having heart disease are higher. And so we're going to bring in both national and state leaders to have a really candid conversation about how do we address this growing gap um, in our communities and what can we do together to actually minimize that gap and look toward having equal care and equal outcomes for everyone, regardless of race. I've read some different articles about the level of care and just other medical instances with African-American people that are going in and just getting a different level of care, which is absolutely abhorrent. But is heart disease more prevalent in African-American and people of color? Yes, yes, it actually is. And so, it, and it's a big part of what the discussion is going to be that like, it's really multifactorial. So it's, you can't point to a single thing. There are social factors that actually are involved in that. Um, there are obviously economic factors that are involved. You know, where do you live? What kind of diet do you actually have? What is your weight? There are a lot of different issues that go into that. The, the incidence of, of, of overweight and obesity is significant, but it, it, and a lot of that has to do with what food is actually available. And the weight is a direct, leads directly to a higher incidence of diabetes, which is just can be so devastating for cardiac disease. So it's not a simple problem to solve, which is why everyone is struggling so much with it. But I think what's really important is to bring attention to it and then and really put the resources that we have together to try to change the, the slope of the curve that we're seeing right now, which is certainly not favorable. You know, it was it was interesting. A couple of years ago, we've got a program called Ignite Annapolis that took a little bit of a hiatus and it's sort of like uh, mini TED Talks in five minutes. And there was a gentleman that spoke uh, about the African-American culture and how, you know, you've got the the proud chest thumping men who would never mention any kind of a medical issue that they may have, whether it be, you know, a broken foot or whatever. Oh, no, that's fine. I'm going to walk it out except in the barbershops. And and that was just sort of like a sacred area for African-American men. And what he was looking to do is to get medical information, both for you know health insurance and different things out, into these community barbershops where the African-American men might sit there and gather and they'd sit there and talk about, well, yeah, no, I've been having this little problem with my back here and, you know, I've got to, you know, and... And, and to get help, which is sort of, which I thought was very fascinating and interesting. It sort of ties in with what you're saying and that they, they're not aware. They don't have the, I guess, the support system to be able to treat it. And the, the thing is that this seems so treatable to me. Uh, I mean, certainly there's some catastrophic instances that, that are going to be fatal, but without a whole lot of change. I mean, you can you know, change up your diet. You can change up your exercise. You can change your weight. And, and all increase your, your chance of not having heart disease. Yeah, it's pretty simple stuff. And, and I think part of the challenge is, and there's a great company called Live Chair, which is actually addressing those issues in barbershops. And I've talked to their founder and CEO, and it's a great approach. And I've, 
the, the joy of what we're trying to do this month is really connecting us with these African-American um, leaders across the state, as well as this Hispanic leadership, because we don't have a great history in medicine with the black population. There have been some very bad things that were, that were done to that population that has created an environment of mistrust. Um, so they don't typically want to trust doctors and they don't want to go for, if you will, free medical care because they're suspicious. And, and there's an appropriate history back there that, that justifies their suspicion. Our goal here in the state of Maryland and the partnerships that we're trying to create with different organizations is try to reestablish that trust so that together we can actually address this issue with confidence, with leaders from, from all communities banding together, showing that this is a program that can be trusted. These are recommendations that can be trusted. And so it would be really important for people to engage in what we're trying to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we are talking with Dr. John Martin, who is a vascular surgeon and the, the head cheerleader for, uh, for Dare to Care, which is coming out for Heart Health Month, which is in February. For information on all of the events, and again, there's a screening at the government complex here in Annapolis on the 1st. There's a skate into Heart Health Month at the Annapolis Town Center. Um, statewide screenings, a benefit concert at Ram's Head on stage with foreplay. Churches will be talking about it, the malls involved, the SPCA, and Anne Arundel Community College as well, all right here in the local area to learn a little bit more. And I mean, knowledge is definitely power. And, you know, get screened. I mean, there's no reason not to. I mean, this, you think back at COVID when, COVID, as you mentioned, COVID is, you know, half of what heart disease was last year. And we all went out and got tested. You know, we all we all wanted to make sure that we didn't have COVID. And you know, it's let's do it. Let's get screened. Well, from from your lips to everyone's ears to their action, John. I think uh, your your advice is is certainly timely, appropriate, and I hope everyone. Um, takes you up on it. Well, you can find out all of the information, all of the dates, all of the different events that are going on at hearthealthymaryland.com. And all that's spelled out. There's no MDs in there. The only MD is the guy that's running the program here. And uh, <laughs> that would be Dr. John Martin, who we're speaking with. But I want to thank you so much for your time this morning. And more than that, I want to thank you for putting this together and really looking out for the well-being of everybody here in, in Maryland and beyond. It's uh, you know, again, it still blows my mind that it's such a, you know, a treatable type of a thing for the most part. Uh, you mentioned that diabetes jumped in there. And, and again, diabetes is treatable and manageable. So why not? Let's do it. Well, thank you very much. I think, you know, those of us in the medical profession, I don't think everyone uh, can relate to the fact that we don't want to lose a single loved one, uh, a friend, neighbor, or family member one day sooner than we need to. And if we can keep them alongside us, at, you know, in, the, in Heart Health Month of Valentine's Day, there's no greater gift than the gift of life and the gift of being together. So take advantage of what we're offering and, and, and let's hope we can create a brighter future for everyone. This has been a bonus podcast from Ion Annapolis. Please visit us at ionanapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at Ion Annapolis. And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief podcast, go for it. And all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday. 